Hey friends, welcome to the show. My name is Rebecca. I'm your host, Christian speaker, life coach, and formerly single gal who got married at age 39. This is a show and a community that is dedicated to encouraging you and helping you live this part of your life to the fullest because God has not messed up on you or your life. We have very intentional, very real, very fun conversations here. Welcome to the show. Let's dive in. Hello, lovelies. Um, Today's episode is me sharing with you some of the phrases that I've heard in the last week. I've talked to some single ladies and I've had some like coaching discovery calls with women that are older and single. And as they've just shared their heart with me, I've written down some phrases that struck deep (laughs) that I was like, I remember feeling the exact same way. Um, I was impressed that they were able to put some of these things into words. I remember when I was single trying to explain these things to people like my friends and my family or my married friends and them not getting it, not getting it. And so this week, as I was hearing these women who are articulate and just raw, I wrote down some of the phrases and I want to share them with you guys here today. I am going to end with a positive question for you, but more than anything, this is a quick short episode just for all the single ladies out there to know that some of those deepest, most confusing sort of sad feelings that you have sometimes, you are not the only one who feels them. Okay. First and foremost, I had a lovely lady this week say to me about dating that she's just kind of over it because every time I have hope, this is what happens. Every time I have hope, it gets disappointed. She mentioned that verse in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I remember reading that as well when I was single and feeling like there was no true reverse in the world, but there's something about singleness and the number of times you try to log on to an app or try to go on a first date or try to get set up on a blind date or go through a breakup or go to a wedding, you know, especially as singleness goes on. So you could be in your mid twenties or your late twenties or your thirties or your forties or your fifties. Um, and it's like the more and more that you let hope rise up, just be disappointed again, it gets harder. And I just, you know, to hear this beautiful sister, this beautiful friend, tell me that over the phone that she's in that place right now. I felt how heavy that was. I remember feeling that way. It felt so, I mean, I always had hope in the Lord, but it felt so confusing and so intolerable and so sad that I was like, I'm just not going to date. I'm just not going to be on the apps anymore. I'm just, I'm just going to kill my desire for a relationship. I mean, that's, that's how kind of heart sick it can feel when you hope and hope is deferred. The second phrase that'll probably hit deep is And this phrase came from a scenario where her friends were telling her, well, you just, you need to keep believing it could happen. It could still happen for you. You could still get married. You could still have kids. 
And she was honest with me and said that that phrase and when her family and friends try to tell her that, it's discouraging to her because as she ages, this is the exact quote she gave. No, it can't. None of it will ever look like I dreamed of. Mm. Mm. I can't tell you guys how many times... <laughs> the reality of the dream slipping away. And for most of us, not all, for a lot of us, the dream was, you know, fall in love, get married, have kids, relatively young. So somewhere in our 20s, probably, maybe our 30s. Um, but yeah, when somebody says, hold on for hope, you know, don't don't give up hope. It's It could all still happen. Like I know a friend who got married when she was 39. Like me, for example, somebody might tell you, or you might think that I'm going to be here on this podcast telling you, don't give up hope. Uh, excuse me. Like if you've passed the age that you pictured something happening for you, sure, hope still exists, but you have to admit that it's not going to look like you dreamed. The way that you thought your life was going to go is not going to go that way. And It's just important to admit that to yourself. And it's kind of one of those things that I'm sure people in other realms of life experience that feeling, but having a picture for your life and then realizing, no, it because I'm 30 now or 35 or 40 or 45 or 50, like, no, it can't. Thank you for trying to encourage me. But what I need is truth and a different level of encouragement because it's not going to look the way that I dreamed. And if anything, like, could you just give me some compassion? Could you just maybe cry with me or pray with me about that? The third phrase that I've heard this week that might hit deep came from a 45-year-old single woman. And, um, you know, she's obviously already weathered a lot. She's she's already gotten th through the 20s, the late 20s, the 30s, the mid-30s, the late 30s, turning 40. And I'm every single level of life going and passing like that is another kind of level to grieve. And what she said to me that was so profound was, I'm struggling again. And, and this is a woman who like loves God more than anything and has surrendered her life to God. Okay. Um, she would choose God even over marriage or children, like she desires marriage and children, but they're not an idol for her. She wants them, but is still holding them with an open hand. And she said, I'm just struggling right now. I feel very lost because this is a whole nother phase that I'm walking into of not having. Wow. I was never able to say it like that when I was single, but, you know, it was hard when we were 25 because some of our friends were getting married. And that was a phase of, okay, these people are kind of having the dream and I'm not. And then it was hard in our late twenties because some of our friends were starting to have kids. And this was like a level of having that we did not have. And then it was, you know, thirties where most of, if not all of our friends were married at that point, and maybe some were buying houses or having two kids. And then it was like late thirties where people's, you know, <laughs> were having Teenagers, I mean, not having teenagers, but their kids were now like in sports or 
basically you're watching your friends have and live this life and kind of live this dream that you thought you were going to have. And so she's saying, I mean, she's even got friends now who are very young, but like young grandparents or people who are getting ready to be empty nesters because they had kids in their early twenties. Right. Um, and so she's going, I'm so quote unquote, so many steps behind. And this is a whole nother level of not having that. It's like sad all over again. So that one hit deep. That one hit deep. When I heard that one, the fourth one that I heard this week that hit deep and I know will for you guys too. And again, I'm sharing these with you, you guys to, just help you know that you are not the only person who feels these things and not the only person who walks the road you're walking. So, and these stories are all from different people, by the way. One of them that I heard this week was, this was in the form of an email. I did ask her if I could share this. So I'm going to read it word for word. I've been discouraged lately because I hear so many stories from friends and coworkers about their husbands and how these grown men act like children. I've come to realize that our, in our society, it seems like women have to grow into fully functioning adults while men just have to scrape by and go from their mom taking care of them to their wife taking care of them. And I hate that. I keep having people tell me that I will have to train a man. So don't hold my expectations too high. Is it too much for me to expect a 30 plus year old man to know how to do basic household tasks like laundry, cleaning, being able to cook at least a few meals? My quick answer to her is no, that's not too much to expect. But what you guys can probably relate to here is how frustrating it is to listen to people complain about their husbands and also how frustrating it is to kind of tell people to when we when we have people tell us to lower our expectations, you know, to have women say, "Oh, you just have to train a man or all men are immature or you you do have to basically take care of a man because he just acts like a boy. Those kind of phrases come at us a lot. I think they come at us from secular women, sometimes from women of faith. Maybe these people are think they're encouraging us. I keep saying us because I'm really putting myself back in my single life feelings when I'm talking to you guys. I mean, you guys know that I've been married now a year, but um, I remember thinking like, do you guys think you're encouraging me? So like I, this really re- I could really relate to this paragraph that, that this, um, woman who's right at 30, I believe wrote me and, um, yeah, just how to, I mean, there's a lot of levels of that hits deep in her paragraph, right? Like, no, I don't, I don't want to have to marry a immature boy. And does that mean I'm, I just have to give up hope altogether that I might marry a mature man? Just these levels, right? So many levels of frustrations and confusion and wondering if we like our expectations are too high or something like that. But I just, I I knew some of you would be able to relate to the idea or this paragraph that it's really discouraging when people complain. It's actually a little more discouraging when people complain about their marriages than when people say that marriage is good. That's probably depends on the day. Probably depends on the day. There might be some days where it's like, oh, okay. So marriage is hard too. That's, that's a good reminder for me. And then there's other days where it's like, okay, do all our, 
some women are painting all men as if they're useless. So why do I even want to get married? Just depends on the day as to how these things can be encouraging or discouraging. The fifth thing that I've heard this week is, or was, somebody said, and I believe this woman is in her early 40s as well. She said to me, you know, I've had a lot of well-meaning people. And this is like a successful woman. She has, I believe, a great job and good income and can kind of travel a lot of freedom. I would say probably the life that maybe secular society or maybe even unhappily married women imagine singleness to be awesome or like there's just freedom. She has financial freedom. She can travel. She can kind of buy what she wants. She can kind of do what she wants. And um, she said a lot of well-meaning people have asked me lately, what do you want? And I'm just really tired of that question because I have a lot of the things I want, but the one thing I really want, I can't control right? Like the one thing I really want is a husband and a family and a partner to do life with maybe kids, but I have absolutely zero control over that. So the question is really discouraging question. What do you want? And so I listened and I understood that is especially for kind of a ambitious woman, which I would put myself in that category too, who can usually go kind of get what we want. You know, if I want to become a world traveler, I can go make that happen. You know, if I want to move closer to my family, if I want to be the best aunt in the world, if I want to get physically fit, if I want to get a master's degree. But when it comes to a man seeing you and giving his heart to you and falling in love with you and you falling in love with him, that is arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. It's organic and by its very nature, it can't be forced. It's up to God. It's it's up to him. It's up to you and, and feelings. And they're just, it's nothing that we can really make happen. So it's a really discouraging thing to realize that, but also a beautiful thing because then we have to surrender control So I asked her, I said, okay, so the, what do you want question is not a good question. I'm not going to ask it. I said, how do you want to feel? And that's the question I want to ask you guys today, friends. I know that there are things that aren't going the way you thought they were going to go in your life. And you're probably wrestling with God about that, or maybe you have refused to talk to God for years, or maybe you're gritting your teeth and still trying to force things to go the way that you want them to go. But if, if I know you, there are things in your life that are not going the way that you want them to go. There are circumstances, dreams, things beyond your control that you think will make you feel better. So instead, I just want to ask you guys, how do you want to feel? Because we do largely have control over that. Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel like your life matters? Do you want to feel like you're contributing to the world? Do you want to feel connected? Do you want to feel seen? No, we can't. 
manufacture a relationship or marriage or love or or children out of thin air. We can't do that. But if you want to take some time today and write down, okay, let's admit it. Okay. This is my life right now. There are things that are out of my control, but how do I want to feel in my singleness? What kind of woman do I want to show up as in my singleness? And then go from there. Okay. If you say, I want to feel brave, I want to feel confident. I want to feel like I'm contributing to the kingdom. I want to feel like I'm a part of a community. I want to feel happier. I mean, those things we have some control over and you can do something about. There's different ways that you can go about taking responsibility for that in your life and making those things happen. Obviously, you start by praying about it. You could reach out to a counselor. You could reach out to a coach. You could talk to a friend about it. Um, But taking responsibility and ownership for what you can control. If we can't get what we quote unquote want, because we're not in control of everything, what you can do is sit and say, how do I want to feel? And go from there. I hope this episode made you guys just feel not alone. (laughs) Hence the title but also gave you something to think about today that you could grab onto and that brings a spark of hope into your week. I love y'all. You matter so much. You, There's nothing wrong with you or your life. You're right where God wants you to be. Lean in. If you haven't joined the community yet, do so. See you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end today, guys. Make sure you check the show notes for links to everything that we referenced today and especially to the free community. It's called Not Alone and it's actually free. So if you haven't joined that, do it right now. Also, there are so many women out there whose hearts are longing for this community and for this content. So help us get the word out. Rate or review this podcast right now and or share it on your socials. Let's keep growing this community and being the change that we want to see and encourage encouraging hearts that need it. See you guys next week.